Hello, and welcome back to Bestie Chats with Soph. I am your host, Sophia Pinella, and I'm so happy to have you here. This episode is sponsored by Legion Athletics. Legion is the number one best-selling brand of all natural sports supplements with over 400,000 customers served and 3 million bottles sold. But you guys know how I roll. I'll be honest in telling you that supplements are not going to be the end solution to reaching your goals. And let me make it clear that you do not need supplements in order to reach your goals. Supplements are to be used if there are spaces in your diet that need to be filled or if you're deficient in any vitamins and minerals. That's where dietary supplements will help you out. Legion has been the only supplement company that doesn't leave me feeling like garbo, and that's because it's all natural supplements, and better yet, they're all backed by research and science. Like, it doesn't get better than that. My favorite products from Legion I use every day are their original grains, the peach ring pre-workout flavor, I'm not joking, you guys, it literally tastes like the peach rings candy, and both the grass-fed whey and vegan cinnamon cereal protein powder best protein powder of all time. Both, both of them. They're so good. You can go to www.legionathletics.com and take the quiz to see what supplements will best fit you towards reaching your goals. And don't forget to use code Sophia at checkout. I've got a few updates for you guys before we dive into today's episode. Hello. I'm just waking up. It's seven in the morning. It's seven in the morning. Okay. The little yacht. I think it was Lil Yachty that has that sound on TikTok where it's like, it's seven in the morning. It's just funny. I don't know. If you don't get it, then that's just like not funny at all. But hopefully some of you guys are you. So hopefully some of you guys understand that. Okay. Hello, brain. Let's start working. Let's wake up. Got a few updates for you guys. Um, number one, I finished Akatar, A Court of Thorns and Roses. I finished the series and I'm so proud of myself. I I'm really proud of myself. Like, although I've been reading a lot in the past couple of years, like it's fun to finish a series and to talk about it. And I've been breaking my back to try to convince everybody in the world to read Akatar, And it's the best. I will say the last book, no spoilers. The last book, I didn't love it. I didn't love it. I wish that the last two books or like after the third book in the series, I wish that it was approach differently on how to write about the other characters. Okay. That's just my opinion though. Like who am I having an opinion on books right now on the way that it's written? Okay. Like I'm a scholar, I guess now, since I read a whole series. Um, but yeah, I just, I have some feelings about it. I don't know. I really want to start like a book club or something. I feel like that would be really fun. Cause I just have all these thoughts and opinions in my head that I want to share with you guys. Um, but yeah, I finished the series and it was amazing. It took me a couple weeks to read through it and it was so fun. It was a great escape. And now I'm in, I'm deep in fantasy romance and I'm really happy to be here. I won't lie. I'm very happy to be in fantasy romance and I plan on staying here for a little while. So TBD on what I read next, I'm still kind of trying to decide what direction I want to head in. I think I know what I'm going to do. I'm actually going to go to Barnes and Noble today to pick up uh, new, a new book or two that I'm going to be starting. And I'm very excited about that. So I did finish that series. If you haven't read it, like you need to, and that's all the convincing I'm going to do. Um, what's really fun about the series is that it's actually not finished yet, which I've never read a series that isn't fully finished already. So I feel excited for the next books to come out. Cause then I can read it like with book talk. I can like wait for the release date. Like I'm already so excited about it. Like that's so fun. I don't know. Okay. So I finished that. And the second is bad news for you. Bad news. Uh, I stopped drinking coffee on an empty stomach and it's completely changed my life. Yep. I know. 
ugh, you probably just want to stop the episode now and just not even listen to this part or skip through it. Skip through it if you don't want to hear the truth. Now, I want to say for most people, emphasis on the most, we know that drinking coffee on an empty stomach right when you roll out of bed is probably not the best habit to have. Having coffee on an empty stomach can spike cortisol levels, which they're already higher when you wake up in the morning. Um, And it's kind of acidic to have on an empty stomach. And caffeine in general, I would not suggest on an empty stomach for most people. It can be fine for a lot of people, okay? Because God forbid I say, Nobody can drink coffee on an empty stomach. Like, stop doing that on the internet. And we get on a corner of the internet called with people who have what I call what about me syndrome, um, which I did post a video last week. And I was like, oh, I stopped drinking coffee on an empty stomach. Like, hate to tell you, it really works. You shouldn't do it. Stop doing it. Like, create this new healthy habit of, you know, eating a little something before you drink your coffee. Like, you don't have to eat a full breakfast, but just just a little something. Like, even if it's just a hard-boiled egg, that's a sleigh. You're getting something in your system, getting your metabolism kick-started, whatever. And it's reached a corner of the internet where people are like, well, what about what about me if I do this? What about me if I've got this going on? What, what about if I have, what about, I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. This, I guess I should have said most. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's, it's giving the bean soup video. I don't know if I've talked about this on the po- on the podcast before, but there was a video that a girl made a long a while ago. Um and it was her making this really rich in iron bean soup that's like really good to have during your menstrual phase when you're, you know, on your period um because that's when you need iron the most and it's just really good. It's got a lot of rich antioxidants, iron, blah 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 blah. And people in the comments, dead ass, had the audacity to say, well, what if I'm allergic to beans? Like you guys, there was literally like 12 different kinds of fucking beans in this soup and it only had beans in it. It only had beans and like lentils or whatever. I was like, I'm looking at the comments. I'm like, well, what if I'm allergic to beans? Well, what if I don't like beans? Um, then this video, then you're probably not going to like this. Then this video is probably not for you. Okay. Like why do people feel the need? I don't know. You know, it is what it is. It's early. My brain's getting awoken. Okay. By this podcast. And that's how I feel. Sometimes I'm like you guys, or even if you have a question, this is, I guess this is how I operate. If you have a question or, or a thought and you're like, Hmm, I actually wonder, like, I wonder about this why don't you look it up? Like, why don't you just go to Google and like, look up what are the effects of having coffee on an empty stomach and do your own research and kind of see if it's something that would benefit you. If it's not something that's going to benefit you and you feel fine, then, then keep going about your day. Like, don't listen to me, you know? And some people are like, well, what if this, that, and the other, it's like, well, why don't we just look it up? You know, like, I don't know. I don't know. You guys, that's my rant. That's my little rant for the day. I'm sorry. I had to get it off my chest, but let me tell you that I actually don't. Oh, maybe this is why I don't have any caffeine in me yet recording this podcast. That's dangerous. But yeah, I stopped drinking coffee on an empty stomach and it's totally changed the game. Um, and it's immediate results. Okay. So when you start habits, it takes a while to see results, right? It takes a little bit of time before you start feeling the effects and then even longer before you start seeing the effects. I'm not kidding you. Like I would bet my life, go as far as to bet my life on this. If within the first day of you 
creating the new habit of not drinking coffee on an empty stomach, like the results are immediate. If you have a little slice of toast with peanut butter or jam or avocado or a hard boiled egg or what I've been having is a half serving of oats because that's something that like I can have that early in the morning. I'm I'm kind of hungry when I wake up, not starving where I can have a whole bowl of oatmeal because that shit's thick, right? Like that is, it kind of sits heavy sometimes or maybe a banana and peanut butter or I don't know, you can have a full breakfast too, like right when you wake up. But if you're the type of hot girl to not be super, super hungry in the morning, and sometimes it's hard for you to eat a lot in the morning, keep it simple. Don't stress about eating like a full entire meal. Just get something in your system before you have caffeine. It is going to immediately affect you throughout the day. This is what I noticed within the day. I've been doing this now for a week and a half. Okay. We're going on actually two weeks now. Um, Within the day, you will realize that your energy levels are a lot more stable. Raise your hand if you crash between 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Yep. All of our hands are raised. That was me. If you feel like you crash midday or like right before kind of like evening time, yeah, that's not good. So immediately didn't experience a crash. The second thing, which I would say probably is the biggest thing, is my cravings. My cravings are literally non-existent. And I've also been dabbling in the devil's lettuce. Okay. I've been having some adult gummies recently. And when I tell you that I don't even have munchies, I've got no cravings. And even if I'm not, you know, feeling myself, no cravings, you guys. And I'm in the thick of my fucking luteal phase when I feel the most cravings. It's in, it's insane. That kind of shocked me. I wasn't expecting that. Okay. Um, also my anxiety. And the changes that sometimes I experience in my mental health throughout the day, like the peaks and rises of anxiety. And then when it completely goes away and I feel good and then the anxiety comes back, I didn't really deal with the the ups and downs of my anxiety at, at all. Like, and it's not something that I don't have like diagnosed anxiety, but like throughout the day, you know, when you feel more anxious at times, like everybody experiences anxiety at some point in their lives or at some point within the fucking day with the world that we live in right now. Okay. We all experience a little bit of anxiety. It doesn't mean like we're diagnosed with it, but like we experience, we're like, Oh, I just, you know, I've been getting really anxious recently. Like, you know, right before work or in the middle of the day, it just like comes crashing in, whatever. No more, no more. Don't experience that anymore. So that is, is stuff just to name a few that I experienced within the day that I had something to eat before I drank um, or put any type of caffeine into my system. It's been a lot easier to sleep at night now that I'm kind of reflecting. Like it's, I've been knocked out cold um, and I've been sleeping way easier, falling asleep way easier. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of benefits to it. Is this going to work for everybody? No. Okay. But I just wanted to kind of share that with you guys. Um, what I'm doing now is I'm drinking my greens with my prebiotic fiber. I posted, um, a TikTok about it if you want to check it out, like a little morning routine. And then I've been drinking a lot of tea. Okay. I've been drinking a lot of tea. I've been drinking some cycle tea from a company called cycle tea company. <laughs> um, but they create teas based on where you're at in your cycle. So for example, when you're in the thick of your luteal phase, raspberry leaf tea and spearmint tea are supposed to be really good during this time. Because if you deal with menstrual cramping, I need you please to go out to the store and buy 
raspberry leaf tea, not raspberry tea, raspberry leaf tea. I need you to have a cup or two of that a day. You will not experience menstrual cramping. You guys, it works. Tried and true by yours truly. I'm not going to bullshit you guys with this. Like I'm not getting money from this. Like this is not sponsored. Okay. I'm just trying to help the besties out. It absolutely works. Um, and spearmint is really good to have. It's supposed to help your skin. It's supposed to help with breakouts and your skin. So I've been having spearmint and extra spearmint tea and then the cycle tea, which has spearmint and raspberry leaf in it. And it's been helping. It's been working, been having that every morning. And then I'll eat my oatmeal, wait a little bit while I'm enjoying my tea, lots of liquid going down. And then I'll have my first cup of coffee and hour to two hours after I wake up, um, which I even find that sometimes I don't even need the coffee, which is crazy. Sometimes I actually haven't had coffee throughout the day or caffeine throughout the day. Cause I'm like, Oh, I just like, don't feel like I really need it. Crazy. I don't know. I don't know. You guys, maybe the problem is caffeine in your life. Maybe you need to take a step back from caffeine. Okay. I know this has been kind of a long intro chit chatting, but but, but okay, now it's time. Ugh, now it's time to get into this episode, you guys. We're going to be chatting about what it's like to move in with your partner, what it's like to move in with your significant other. Should you be taking advice from a 24-year-old girl who's only lived with her boyfriend for two and a half years? Yeah, I don't really know. Um, I would maybe steer you towards somebody who's been married and has lived with their significant other for 30 plus years. Okay, I'm not sure if this is the best advice for me to give, but if you are younger, maybe in your 20s and you live with your significant other or maybe you're planning on it and you're kind of nervous about it and and you're like, what is it going to be like? I'm going to tell you this right now. Um, moving in with your significant other changes every single part of your relationship. And anybody who says that it's, it doesn't is a liar. Okay. In a lot of good ways. And I wouldn't say bad ways because I feel like the changes probably needed to be made. Even if you're going through like a tough time with them, because things are, you know, when you're living with them, things are brought up way sooner, way quicker. You have to deal with them a lot faster when you live with them. Um, so I want to say it's like bad things, but it changes everything in your relationship. Um, your communication has to change. Uh, your intimacy will change a lot. Your friendship will change. And it's really exciting. Um, I do want to say, first of all, to start off, like to kickstart 15 minutes into this episode, um, moving in with my boyfriend has been hands down the best thing we've done for our relationship. It has been so fun. I could not imagine what our relationship would be like had we not moved in with each other. It has been, it's been the best. There have been a lot of highs and a lot of lows, a lot of learning experiences, but overall, I could not recommend moving in with your partner enough. Now, there are people out there that this won't work for. If you have certain religious or cultural beliefs this is probably not the episode for you. I would maybe wait until Bestie Bestie tells this week and you can catch up there and then move on. This is not going to be an episode for you. People believe, you know, different things. Totally understandable. Um, for me personally, I don't think I would be able to, now that I've been living with my boyfriend for, for so long, two and a half years, um, 
now that I've been living with him for this amount of time, I could not, I'm just, I'm like, I could not imagine marrying somebody and not living with them prior to like this will make or break your relationship for sure. Um, and I think when you move in with your partner, what really happens is you realize whether you guys are good friends because you may have, you may be passionate lovers, Okay. And, and the lust and the passion and the fire flame is there. But if you guys aren't good friends and you don't really like each other, you can love somebody, but you cannot like them. And you don't really like each other as much as you love each other. This is where it's all going to come about. I don't know if, if, if this would really work out for you. Like, I don't know if the relationship will stay standing. And I know that's kind of morbid and it sounds a little scary, but it's true. I feel like you realize like it's it's the friendship that aspect of your relationship that really comes out when you live together and experiencing oh my god, it's just like where do I even start? This is so layered, you guys. It's just like crazy when you move in with your partner and I tried to ask Nash, my boyfriend, I tried to ask him, like, what do you think I should say for this episode? I really wanted to have him on for this episode, but he is so busy, you guys, with school. He's doing clinicals. He's doing school, and he's working full-time right now, and he is gone all the time. So here I am in my echo chamber of me, myself, and I talking about this stuff and thinking so deeply about it. So I asked him, I'm like, okay, dude, like what should I cover in this episode? And he gave me some really good things to say, but we were talking about how like it's been the biggest change has been our friendship aspect. Like we've just become way better friends and it's really tested our friendship, which in turn has tested our romantic relationship and our intimacy. Um, Now, again, this is, this is not something that's going to really work for, for everybody. And it can be really scary when you move in with your partner. But I do think, I hate to say this, but I do think it is the ultimate test for your relationship. Um, because when you go from two different environments and I don't care how often your boyfriend spends the night at your place. Like if you guys live separately and your partner spends the night at your place seven days a week, or maybe you spend the night at his place seven days a week. Like you guys are always together and you sleep together every single night in the same bed, whether it's at his place or your place. I don't care when you move in and you have a shared environment, shit changes. It is so different coming from somebody who experienced that. Nash and I, like when I was a senior in college, when we were both in still in college, like we spent every night together. We hung out a lot. Like there were times obviously where we didn't hang out. I'm not saying every day, but like if he would just, he lived 25 second drive away from me. So he would just like come over and then he would just spend the night. He's like, okay, I'm going to spend the night. I have, I have class early, so I have to leave, but I'm going to come spend the night. I'm like, okay, cool. But, and I was like, oh yeah, moving is not going to be that much of a change. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong because you go from having two different environments, right? You have his environment and your environment, um, to a shared environment, to your environment, meaning your, as in the two of you. And that changes things a lot because you're used to like having to clean up your place and getting excited until like, you know, getting a little giddy and, and butterfly when they're on their way over, even though they come over all the time and you clean up your place, then you go over to his place, which is nice because it's a change of environment and you're like, okay, cool. But no, now you, now you have a shared environment. You have, 
the same thing. I think honestly, you guys, I of course did some, I did some research, which I'm pretty sure that we all know what the research states. Okay. That what one half, half the people in today's day and age are getting divorced. Okay. So you have a 50% chance of making it. Um, and there's, oh, so many research studies out there where cohabitation before marriage is likely to lead to higher divorce. And honestly, I call BS on that. I don't think it it's a matter of like if you move in with each other like too early or something. Like I don't think living together leads to divorce. I think it's like what happens, what you do with that time living together and the intention behind it that leads to divorce, okay? Because there's so many variables. There's too many variables to be like, yep, it's not going to work. Sorry. Study show. Look at this study show that actually it's not good. You're going to get divorced. It's like, well, okay. How, how true really, really is that? And although like, this is not something that will work for everybody. I think the biggest thing is figuring out first of all, what moving in to the both of you means. Because for one person, and this is where I think shit goes wrong. For one person, they might think like, oh my God, he asked me to move in with them. That means that he probably wants to get married. Like the next step is marriage. We'll probably get married within at least the next year and a half to two years, right? That's what somebody's thinking in their head. That's what one person might be thinking. But the other person might be thinking, okay, it's just more convenient right now. I feel like this is kind of the next step to kind of deepen our relationship. Let's really test out whether I want to be with this person. Let's see if this is going to work. And also I get to save a little bit of money. Okay, cool. Yeah. Like, why don't you move in with me? But then the other person on the other end is thinking like, oh my God, they're they're literally proposing. Like he might as well just whip, whip, whipped out a ring right now because he's basically proposing to me. He's asking me to move in. Like that means that he's probably going to propose in the next year. Okay. Do you see what I mean? A lot of people are on two different pages. So I think discussing what moving in means to the both of you, um, and establishing, establishing that first is extremely important. Um, and making sure that you guys are both on the same page. Now I'm not saying like when you move in with each other, the next step is marriage. A lot of people, Hey, okay. Societal shifts are going crazy right now. Societal and cultural shifts are going crazy. A lot less people are getting married. A lot less people are having kids. Um, you know, a lot less people are having kids at young ages, et cetera, et cetera. You guys know that already. Um, but I think establishing what direction your guys' relationship is heading. It's like, okay, we want to take this next step to move in with each other. Like, what does this mean for us? Like, do you see marriage in the future? If that's not, not, if that's something that you haven't talked about, or maybe like, you know, when you are in a relationship and you talk about a lot and you're like, Oh, these are our kids' names. You're like, Oh my God. Like what, how fun would it be if we got married here? But it's like, have you genuinely, like you can fantasize about it and romanticize it and everything and, and dream about it. But it's like, have you actually had a very candid and frank conversation with your partner? It's like, okay, I actually really do see myself being with you for the rest of my life. However, that may look, I'm just using marriage as an example. That's not what everybody wants to do, obviously, but it's like, okay, do you see, do you see yourself like actually getting married to me? Like, is this without a doubt in your mind, like something that like you, you see, is this moving forward? Because with me moving in with you is like, okay, I'm, I'm fully committing. Not that I wasn't before, obviously, but it's like, okay, I'm fully committing 
my life to this person, the next step is marriage. And that's where I'm at mentally. Where are you at? Is that next step for you? And if it is, great. If it's not, and they're like, well, this is kind of where I'm at right now. I feel like this is going to be the ultimate test, or I feel like this is really just going to deepen our relationship. And that's kind of where my head's at right now. Yes, I do. I do believe like I can marry you, but I want to, I want to at least see how we work moving in together. Okay. So now you're on a page of understanding because that is what this whole fucking thing is about. It's communicating your thoughts. It's getting everything laid down, laid out on, on the table, out in the open. And you're like, okay, I know where, I know where their head's at. I know where my head's at. Or maybe it's the opposite where they're like, I'm ready. You know, I'm thinking I'm going to marry you. You know, this is what I want to do in the next year or two. And you're like, okay, wait, I'm not quite ready for that yet. Like, I kind of want to try this out. I want to live with you first. And I want to see how that goes before we like actually seriously talk about getting engaged in marriage. Okay. So you guys get what I mean. First lay out on the table, like what the fuck this is, right? Cause I don't think moving in at a young age, like you guys, I moved in when I was 22 years old, I graduated college and a month and a half later moved in with my boyfriend. Okay. So that is like, not really, I guess it's maybe more normal now to, I think it's more normal now to live with your boyfriend, obviously than ever. Um, but it's, it's a young age to do that. Like we were fetuses and we still are in this whole thing that they call life. So moving in at a very, very young age was super difficult. It was really fun because we just did not fucking know anything about life. Like these, these past two and a half years since I've graduated college, it's going on three years since I graduated. Um, obviously in the spring, like it's, it's fall winter right now. Let's relax there. So, okay. But it, it's been a whole life lesson of like learning how to do life, learning how to make money, learning how to pay taxes, learning how to save, learning how to invest, like learning how to be a fucking adult. Okay. Cause even when you're in college and you separate out, like you, you kind of are more independent when you're in college. You kind of have to be, there's more things you can do. You're more in, in real life then. But then when you graduate college and you're actually in the real world, you're like, whoa, I like, this is crazy. Right. So having to navigate that with my boyfriend has been a huge part because we've had to grow a ton as individuals and doing that while living together has been really great and really difficult at the same time. So I moved in or we moved in together. We were both 22, super, super young age, which is, it's really crazy to, um, to kind of think about that. But both of our parents were very, very, very supportive of it. We have kind of, like I told you guys in previous episodes, but, um, we've kind of just been two peas in a pod since the day that we met. And we kind of have always known like, okay, this is kind of like end game. Um, we just have had that feeling. And I genuinely believe like when you find the right person, you just have this comforting feeling of like, this is end game. Like we know that like, this is it. Right. Um, and so we've kind of had that. So we had that established before we moved in. And I think it's important. Step one, that you establish what moving in means to the both of you. And if it doesn't mean the same thing as you, it's okay. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't move in with each other. It that's, that's not what I'm saying. Like you don't have to be on the same page. You just have to have an equal understanding of what moving in means for the both of you. Capiche? Do we understand? Okay, moving on. Now I asked my boyfriend, like I said, what are things that you should, that I should go over in 
this episode. And the first thing he said was, you have to delegate who's going to do what around the house. Okay. Housework. Hello. Woo woo. Yep. You've, you've got to do that. You have to figure out who's going to do majority of what. Okay. Now this is going to be different for everybody. Okay. But what has worked best for my boyfriend and I, and things that just make sense, okay, is that 90% of the time, Nash is taking out the trash, all right? He is the trash guy. He empties the trashes. He he takes them outside. He does the recycling. He does all of that, okay? And I would say 90% of the time, I'm doing the dishes and I'm cleaning the kitchen. I Right now, I work from home. He's gone all the time. I'm doing that, right? Like that is what I do. But do you see how I said 90% of the time? Because guess what? There's 10% of the time where maybe Nash is in a rush for work in the morning, or maybe he just forgot there. I mean, it is we're human beings. Hi. Maybe he just forgot to take out the trash in the morning. Sometimes I'm taking it out. No big deal. Sometimes maybe if I'm out later, I'm not feeling well or whatever, he has to do the dishes and he'll put them away. He'll put the, you know, load the dishwasher at night. He'll, you know, get that started at night and wipe down the kitchen, or maybe he'll wake up. You know, he always wakes up before me. Sometimes he'll have the dishwasher emptied when I wake up and I'm like, oh, that's nice. He just does those things. I don't expect him to always, always take out the trash, but 90% of the time, yeah, like he's the trash guy, but it's not every time. Okay. You see what I'm doing there. I'm trying to be reasonable and you have to be realistic. It's like, you can't get mad at them for like not taking out the trash or not doing the dishes. Like they said they would, that's your job. That's what you do. Come on, come on, you guys. Come on. Like, let's not, let's not be like that. Okay. Because that's, I just feel like very unrealistic. You know, I would say 70% of the time I'm doing the laundry. 30% of the time Nash is doing the laundry. Okay. It's not like I'm the only person who doesn't. Um, but I do it majority of the time and I'm folding and I'm putting away the clothes so that Nash can shove them in his drawers and leave his drawers open. Uh huh. Yeah, because that's what all men do, right? They don't shut the fucking drawers with all their clothes hanging out. Why is that? Somebody do a research on that. I want to know the numbers. Okay. And sometimes I'm just like, you shove it in your drawers. I'm just going to shove it in your drawers. Then I'm I'm tired of this. Okay. Um, what else is there? But I, you know what I mean. So establishing things around the house, like I would say we do, I do more of the grocery shopping, but there's a lot of times where he sometimes will go out and do the grocery shopping and whatever. Okay. So you guys kind of understand the difference between there. It's not like, oh yeah, he's a trash guy. He's the only guy do- like who, who does it hundred percent of the time. I'm never going to do it. That's not, that's not what I do, or that's what you're supposed to do in the relationship. Like, I just, I don't think that's a good way to approach things, but really figure out who's going to be doing what around the house majority of the time. Um, and it might fall under the, the like typical stereotypical, norms of like, oh, the women stay home and do the dishes and the housework and, you know, take care of the kids and whatever. And the men take out the garbage. Like I know that's so basic, but that's what works well for us for, for a majority of the time. Doesn't mean that I do it every single time or he does it every single time, but that's what he said. He's like, you got to delegate who's doing what. Cause we did not. Okay. We did not do that when we first moved in. We're fucking little babies. We're basically teenagers. We're like, woohoo, slumber party every night with my bestie. And then we realized like, oh shit, like 
we have to like do the dishes and we have to clean and we have to take out the trash. And I know that you're probably like, Hey, that's like, that's like basic human living. Like you have to do that. Um, but it just, when you are moving in with your person, it's so different than living with your best friend. It's like, this is your fucking person. It's just like, you're so wrapped up in this, in this fun world that you're in. Um, and and you kind of just forget how to do life. So definitely establish that. That's what Nash said. He wanted to say his piece there. And that was the first thing he's like, you got to delegate who's doing what and make sure that it just gets done. And he also said for the fellas out there to sometimes you just have to shut up. And sometimes you just have to nod your head and say yes and just be like, okay, got you. Okay. And that, that may not sound like the most healthy piece of advice that's coming from my boyfriend. Okay. But he's like, yeah, tell the fellas out there that sometimes they just got to shut up and nod their head in certain situations. Like fighting with your girl is in, and trying to win the argument is not going to do it's not going to do anybody justice. Okay. And that's kind of how, how we are. And we don't really, we bicker, you know, and that's the thing is that hopefully you won't argue when you move in with each other, but like, you know, the little bickering where it's like, why did you throw your underwear and socks and clothes and stuff next to the laundry basket? Why didn't you throw it in the laundry basket, sir? Like I'm going to get on him for that. I'm like, Nash, you, why didn't you just put it in the laundry? Oh, sorry, babe. My bad, sir. Like, come on, come on, my guy. So that's like bickering like that. Hopefully you guys don't have like long drag out arguments or anything, but like the bickering might come up a little bit. And sometimes when you're bickering, Nash just said, fellas, you just got to be like, okay, you're right. Love you. And just move on. Okay. Even if that's not, and, and same thing for me, like if we're bigger, I'm like, you know what, babe, you're right. You right. You you're, you're right. I'm, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. I got you, whatever. Okay. So that is, that's the advice from, from Mr. Nash himself. Um, now I will say communication changes a ton when you move in, you've got to figure out a way to communicate that works really well for you guys. Now, what works really well for my boyfriend and I is we don't talk throughout the day. We don't text each other really that much at all. Um, this is not something that's going to work for everyone. Again, establish your own form of communication, but when you move in, communication is going to change and you're going to have to tackle problems right away. When you guys lived separately and maybe you're bickering over the phone or you got in a little falling out or something's bothering you, you were kind of able to sit with your shit or you were able to kind of marinate in it for a second before you saw them next or before you had the opportunity to speak with them next or whatever, because you have that distance. But when you live together, there is no hiding anything. Like you've got to deal with issues. My biggest piece of advice right away, you've got to deal with issues right away, nip it in the bud, get it, get it over with, talk it out. I mean, everybody, I guess, goes about, um, handling issues differently. Okay. Some people do need to sit with their shit and they need to, but also like you need to know that about your partner, whether they are the type of person to talk about it right away or whether you guys need to sleep on it and then clear your mind, take the emotions out and then have a civil conversation the next day. Um, figure out what works well for you. My boyfriend and I, we got to talk about it right away. Both of us have got to air it out, talk it out, get it fully out on the table and work through it. And then, you know, cap it and, and we're good to go. Right. So 
figure out how communication is going to work for you guys. Again, my boyfriend and I don't text throughout the day. We just FaceTime or call. If there's anything going on, we live with each other. Okay. I don't need to talk to him 24 seven. I don't need to know how his day is going every 30 fucking minutes. Okay. Like we're both busy. We both have lives. We'll update each other throughout the day. Of course, anytime I'm leaving the house, I'm leaving my echo chamber here. Um, I'm texting him and letting him know just so he knows that, you know, I'm, I'm out while he's at work. Um, and yeah, if there's anything major that happens, of course, like he's going to be the first person that I call or text or whatever. But other than that, I don't need to tell him about my day to day. Okay. Because then it makes it more exciting when he is coming home from work. I'm so excited because I'm like, okay, I haven't told him at all. Like I've got to fill him in on my day and I get to hear about what his day was like. And he's got a ton of fun stories from working in the ER and it's, it's really fun. It's exciting. It's like, we get to kind of dish it out at night and be like, Oh my God, how was your day? How's like, blah, blah, blah. And we get to talk and that deep, that's a deep connection that you're, that you're getting with your partner that you don't get through the phone. You don't get that deep connection. I don't give a shit how, if you text 24 seven and, and whatever, like there's nothing like human interaction, human connection, being able to look another human being in the eyes, see, hear their tone of voice, see their body language, hear how they tell their stories or go about their day. Like that is a deep connection. And I think that it's just, it works. It's successful for a lot of people, not everybody, but just, just don't talk to them throughout the day. Wait for them to come home. And, you know, then you guys can dish out your whole day and it makes it exciting and fun. And you can kind of just like, you know, get all giddy. Like I still, it's almost five years and it's just like, I get excited for him to come home so I can hear about his day and then I can tell him about mine and then we can have a nice evening together and then we go to bed and then the cycle repeats. But yeah, establishing, establishing communication and how you guys want to communicate is super important. And yeah, Nash also said like, you just kind of have to like, there's, there's nothing you can really hide when you live with each other. Um, and like, generally speaking. Okay. Cause I know some people are like, Oh, I lived with a guy and he was cheating on me the whole time. And I didn't know, like, I, 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 I know that I understand that, but generally, generally speaking, like can't really hide shit. Like, especially if you and your partner are best friends, like they're going to know something's off right away, like right when they come home. So establish communication, living with your partner is a constant cycle of communication. Like you and the, guess what? The way that you communicate maybe at the start is not going to be the same way that you communicate a few years later. It's not going to be the same way that you communicate when you have kids, if you want them, or, you know, when you get a dog or whatever, when big things start to happen in life, your communication changes. And I think we need to stop being so rigid about like, there's, this is the way to do it. And this is how we have to communicate. And if things start to change, then it's like, oh my God, things are wrong. And you're over the, no, like maybe your relationship is shifting in a different direction. Maybe you're working a different job. So you have to change up your communication. Like there's so many different variables that will, that you will need to shift your communication, um, in your relationship. And that's okay. Like, just know that it's, it's always going to constantly change and make sure that you're having multiple conversations throughout your time living together. And it's not, it doesn't have to be once a week, but maybe once a month where you're like, how do you feel like our communication is? Like, do you feel like things are going well? Like, how are you, how are you feeling? Like, you know, and just check in with them. There, there's nothing bad about them. Be like, do you feel like I'm communicating well with you? Like, do you like our level of communication? I'm really liking it, but are you, do you feel like it's lacking in certain areas? Are you needing more? Are you needing less? Like what's going on there? Okay. Talk through it. Communicate about communicating. Okay. Like it's constant communication when you're living together. Now, I will say that 
intimacy is the next thing that I feel like really changes when you move in with your partner. Now, at first, it's a slumber party every night. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you are having your fun. It's like a new environment. It's a new place. It's your first place with your mans and you get to decorate it how you guys want. You've been dreaming about this and wanting this for so long and all your Pinterest boards are coming to life and it's so fun and it's so new. And then time passes and it's not new anymore. Okay. And it changes, it can shift your intimacy big time because a lot of people don't know that they're doing this, but they start to put in less effort in the relationship without even knowing because of the convenience factor of living with your partner. It's so convenient because you're like, great, love it. Date nights can be at home you know, which date nights at home are never a bad idea. I think they're great. Or maybe it's like, oh, great. Like I don't have to, you know, go out of my way to go see them. I don't have to do this, that, the other. Like now, since things are more convenient, sometimes you don't know that you're putting in less effort into the relationship. And this is where individuality and relationships come in hot. Okay. There's an episode that I um, did a few weeks ago about individuality and relationships. And I gave you guys my three path analogy where your partner has their own path, you have your own path, and then you guys have a shared path together. That's three paths. Making sure that you're doing things for you and by yourself and giving yourself self-love and taking care of you outside of the relationship. You don't need no man's for that. Okay. Also making sure that your partner is doing the exact same thing and then making sure that you are continuing to put effort into your relationship together, into that path together, making sure that you're doing things equally together in the relationship that you guys like to do together. Okay. So that's where I feel like that goes hand in hand with moving in with your partner and keeping the spark alive and keeping the intimacy there. Because I'm going to be honest with you, absolutely, my boyfriend and I struggled with this. We did not know that we were both equally just way too comfortable with each other in a way that that created a lack of intimacy. Okay. Now, obviously if you're living with your partner, your, your partner should be the most comfortable person that you're in front of for forever. Like even if you are, haven't self tanned, you've got few zits coming up here and there, your hair is greasy and oily and you are wearing your freaking rotting clothes. Okay. If you're having a rot day, They should come in and look at you and smile and still love you just as much as when you're dressed to the motherfucking nines. Okay. So you should, and also like if you're not pooping and farting in front of your partner when you live with them, (laughs) sorry, I'm sorry. Some people are not going to like that. What are you doing? Are, what are you doing? Like, are, are you, come on, come on. You're telling me right now that you don't fart in front of your partner that you live with. You're lying. You're lying. Okay. So obviously there's like a level of comfortability where it's good. You need that. That's your person. That's your partner. It's your best friend, yada, yada, yada. But you can definitely get too comfortable and you can get complacent 
because it's just like so convenient. You're like, this is so great. And having, then you have to put in an extra effort to bedazzle the relationship a little bit, to add a little bit of sizzle sazzle. You've got to put in that extra effort. Whereas before, when I was living in my own place and he was living in his own, him just coming over to my place, it was like, it wasn't like, oh my God, he's putting in so much effort in the relationship. Like he came over. Okay. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying like him just coming over to my place was like an effort in itself. Like me going over to his place, dressing up, like doing my everything shower, shaving every inch of my body, going over to his place, packing my bag, my skincare, having my little like weekender bag, going over to his place. Like that was effort and it was exciting. Okay. You don't need to do that when you're together, (laughs) living together. Okay. So, ow, I just hit my hand again. I, I have issues with that. Um, but that's where it kind of, kind of shifts things. So making sure that you guys are still putting in effort intimately, uh, whatever that looks like for you. I can't tell you what it's going to look like for you because every relationship is so different, but understanding that I do think intimacy changes and just know that it's okay. All right. So it's not a deal breaker. It can be okay. It can be if they're like, if they're choosing and actively not putting in effort because they just don't give a shit about you anymore, okay, then that's one thing. Then like maybe maybe it's time to move on. But if you feel like your boyfriend and you guys love each other, you know that you've got a healthy, stable relationship, like everything's good, you've got a good routine, et cetera, your communication's great, but maybe you're like, oh, I'm feeling like we're getting a little bit too comfortable. Like I feel like our intimacy is kind of lacking a little bit. Just know that like it's not a deal breaker, Okay. And I don't want you to panic about it. I think that there are many more times that you will go through that too, okay? Because when you enter different seasons of life, whether you're in a slow season or a busy season, your routine with your partner is going to change. And that's the thing is that like establishing a routine with your partner when you live with them super fucking key, super key. That's establishing, that goes from like establishing, delegating who's going to do what around the house to, um, you know, the communication part of it to establishing a, a routine with being intimate. If that's something that you guys need to do, it works really great. Works really great if you do that. Um, but establishing a routine is, is definitely something that you have to do, but just know that it's going to change, which means that like, your energy levels, high women are going to change, which means guess what? Your libido is going to be affected by that, which means that the intimacy is going to change. It's like this domino effect, right? And I don't want you to like freak out about that because I do get a lot of DMs where people are like, oh, like I've been living with my boyfriend and I just feel like, I feel like our intimacy is lacking. Like, is this a bad thing? It's people. Hello. We go through that. We've been through that. My boyfriend and I have been through that. And guess what? There's been multiple times where we have gone through that, where it's like, And it's not necessarily for extended periods of time, but it's like different seasons of life will change your intimacy and change your communication, will change your routine with them, which that affects everything, right? Like it it all in all affects your, your intimacy and your romantic side of your relationship. So just know that like, and there's been periods of time where we have been in the groove of it. Okay. Like intimately checked off the list. We're good to go. Everything's fine. And then all of a sudden maybe we're entering a busy season of life. And then we're like, holy fuck, dude, like two weeks have gone by. Are we okay? Like, I feel like it was just yesterday that we like, you know, it's, it's crazy how that kind of, it's like time is a whole different thing when you're in a relationship. Okay. And 
relationship time. That's what I'm going to call it. It's a real thing and it can happen. Just know that it's, it's not a deal breaker. It can be okay. Like it definitely can be like if your partner doesn't fucking want to be with you and they don't like you or you don't want to be with them, that's a whole different thing. Like, but just know that like, I feel like it will happen throughout your relationship. There will be phases of your, your relationship that your intimacy is not going to be the, I don't want to say like the most important thing, but there's other shit, like real shit that you're dealing with in life that you're putting first that is affecting the intimate side of your relationship. And it's okay. Now, obviously if they're always doing that, if you're always doing that, if it's been a really, really long time, then that's something different that you guys like, that's a whole different conversation you need to have, but just know it, it comes and goes in waves. Um, but it can definitely be be affected. And on the opposite side of that, like that is more speaking, like if you feel like you guys are getting too comfortable with each other and you're lacking the intimacy. Now there's the flip side of it where maybe you're being too intimate with each other and you're not properly communicating. And the only way that you're solving things is through boning it out. Yeah. That's also not good. Okay. It's, it's, it's just as equally not as good. Even if the intimacy, you've got a fire flame there and the spark is there and it's passionate, but you're not communicating very well. And, and they're not doing things around the house that you asked them to do, or they're not communicating well with you and they're not fulfilling that, that fill for you. Okay. But you guys have great sex. Okay. Yeah. That's not, that's also not the best thing ever. Okay. Like communicating through sex is not communication. Okay. Sometimes you just need to bone it out. I get that. But most of the time you've got to talk through it. Okay. So there's two, there's two sides. There's two sides to it. Um, but yeah, don't be, don't stress. Don't trip bestie. Don't trip. If, if you're out, I keep banging my arm. If your intimacy is changing, um, it's not like a deal breaker. It's not a make or break, but I wanted to spend a good chunk of this episode talking about that. Cause I do get DMS from you guys all the time, kind of freaking out about it. And a lot of the best details that come in are like, okay, I've been living with my boyfriend for a year and like our intimacy's kind of changed. And it's like, you go from, I do feel, I don't know, every relationship is different, but it's hard because this is not something that people talk about very openly. Okay. People don't talk about on social media, whether like how much is everyone boning? Okay. I'm just going to say it. I'm nosy. I'm nosy. I look at couples and I'm like, I wonder how often they're doing the, they're doing the deed. You know, I'm like a couples of all ages. Okay. It doesn't just have to be like couples who are similar in age, but I'm like, looking. I'm like, how often, how often? Let me know. You know, I wish everyone could just, could just write it out and just be like, oh, it's, you know, but it's not talked about that much. And I feel like, you know, due to movies and books and TV shows and society, it's like everything has to be so passionate and lustful and whatever. No, not when you move in, not when you move in with your partner and you go through a stage of being comfortable, having to work out of that is not easy. What can you do? Schedule out, schedule it out, schedule out when you guys want a foo-foo. Um, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. It works great. It works great. We've done that before because we have been so busy with parts of our lives that it's like, okay, let's, okay. In two days, like, I know that you have, this is just an example. It's like, okay, I know you have clinicals like all week, which definitely drain you. Like let's, okay. In two days, you need to be ready to go. Okay. Or communicating that or like, he'll communicate to me and be like, okay, I'm feeling like this is going to be a long week for me. But like tomorrow night when I get home, 
it's, it's game time. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm thinking about it. Right. And now I know it's not like a surprise attack. Cause we, as women, we need to have, I think what has helped me at least as coming from somebody who has struggled with low libido and like no sex drive at, at some points in my life, um, is knowing when it's coming. Okay. And sometimes you might think, okay, that's not going to work for me. Totally fine to each their own different strokes for different folks. Okay. But having it on my mind helps a lot or in the morning, you know, if he'll mention, he'll be like, Hey, you know, I want, I want to see you later. And he'll just say like random stuff like that. It's not like, Hey, schedule in 7 PM. We're going to boner town. Like that's not okay. If you, if that works well for you, great. But he'll give me a look and he'll just like, give me a little nod. He'll be like, I want to see you later. Even though we fucking live together. I'll be like, Oh, oh shit. Okay. Okay. See you later. Like it's great. Cause he's got 12 hour shifts, which is awesome. Cause he's gone all day. So I get to miss him. But yeah, it's like, okay. Letting me know that where I'm like, okay, cool. Now I'm going to get myself ready. I want to make sure I'm feeling good. Like it kind of motivates me and excites me all day long. Schedule it out. But scheduling it again doesn't have to be like putting in a specific date, but some people might need to put it on the schedule, whatever works best for you. Okay. But I did want to talk about that. I did want to spend a good part of this episode. I know that we had a long intro for this episode, but I wanted to spend a good part of it on intimacy because I don't think a lot like enough people talk about it where it's okay that you go through that, especially it's like a young relationship. You feel like, oh, I'm what, oh God, I don't this might offend some people, but it's like, oh, like people in their like 60s, 70s, 80s, they're like, I feel like that's how we're acting right now where it's like, okay, but let's be fucking for real. Is that, is that just a narrative? Is that just a narrative or like, is this just real life? Is this real life where, yeah, we're young. Should we be feeling ourselves all the time and being horn dogging it around all the time? It's like, that's the narrative where it's like, oh, when you're young and in your twenties, then you should be able to like feel like you want to do it constantly all the time, 24 seven, blah, blah, blah. Is that really fucking real? Okay. How often are people feeling like that? And you know what? This might be embarrassing. You might, you might all turn to me and be like, girl, your party is of one. You are one of one. You only feel that way. Like none of us are going through that we're living our best lives, doing our thing, whatever. But it's like, I feel like not a lot of young people talk about how intimacy changes in long-term relationships in when you move in with your partner, it changes and you'll go through phases. And I think it's totally healthy and it's totally fine. All right. Okay. And the last thing I want to talk about that kind of shifts is finances. Okay. Your finances and splitting things and whatever, when you uh, move in with your partner, that is something that also changes. Um, how do I, I guess best. It, so when we first moved in with each other, everything was 50, 50, everything was split 50, 50. Um, and that was it. Rent, groceries, utilities, any extra stuff, like everything was split 50, 50, although like 50, 50, meaning like Nash would take me out. Like this makes sense to me. He'd take me out for a five fucking course meal. The next day I'm getting us coffee. That to me, girl math, 50, 50. No, I'm kidding. But like for real, like I would get, he would get dinner like once or twice and then I'd be like, okay, well let's go out to breakfast. Like I got this where it's kind of like that. Okay. It's not like we're mapping everything out. It's like, okay, well actually you owe me for breakfast because I paid for two dinners this week. Like that's not, we don't really give a shit about that. But overall the main things like rent and bills and shit, 
all of that's 50-50. That was at the beginning. For the first year, I would suggest that everything is 50-50. Now, that's not going to work for everybody. It's just not. Maybe you're dating an older woman or older gentleman and they're rolling in the dough and you aren't. And they're like, no, I'm covering mostly everything. Okay. To each their own, whatever. But if you are moving in with your partner and you're, you know, making relatively, you guys both work maybe, and you're making relatively the same as income, maybe they're making a little more, a little less, whatever. I still think splitting everything 50-50 for the first year is super important. you got to make it through the first year of living together. And then after that is I think when shit really starts to shift. Um, the more you talk about becoming more serious and maybe you're talking about getting engaged and that's a real conversation that's happening. And now you're like, okay, now we have a timeline. And now you're talking about wedding stuff. Again, this is not everybody wants to get married. I understand that. Um, but you're talking about these things and you're like, okay, starting to figure out and divvy out the finances. And like the further you get into your careers, one person's going to make more money than the other. And that's just how it is. So shit is going to be split very differently now, right now with the relationship that I have with my boyfriend, with us living together, we do not split things evenly now because that's just where we're at in our relationship. That's where the time has come. Um, and, and it's okay. Like shit doesn't have to be split evenly anymore. But for the first year, 100%. Because I just feel like that's just the fair way to go about it. Um, yeah, and then the, the further you get down the line and the more you're moving through life and the more you're getting into your careers, the hopefully more money that you'll be making. Like in, I'm talking about like years down the line, whatever. And then, and then you start having those conversations of like finances are changing and who's going to be the main person that's putting shit down for the bills and paying all of that. And who's going to be the main person that's buying the groceries and et cetera. You guys understand that. Like, I think that finances now, again, every relationship is going to be super different. There's usually one person in the relationship that is the finance person, um, whether they're the person paying for it or they're the person that is divvying out and paying the bills whatever. Okay. Um, but I think finances should be a conversation all the time. I think times have changed, right? We know society's changing. Cultural beliefs are changing like way back in the day, like women, this is going to sound bad, but generally speaking from the studies I've done on history class 101, women didn't really know a lot about finances. And it was, it was the man that was bringing in all the dough. He was paying all the bills or maybe he was bringing in all the dough, but the woman was the one that was divvying out everything and paying the bills. Whatever works best. You guys get what I mean. But now, now it's different. Um, now conversations are being had that were never had before. So I think honestly, always talking about money and finances is is a good thing. Not okay, not always. All right. Relax. Relax. Um, I mean, like it's it's in conversation often. Okay. I'm not saying every single day, but I think finances and money and, and bills and stuff should not be something that is kept from one another and a secret or whatever. Cause that can cause 
some issues. Okay. So always talking about it, and especially when you're navigating your twenties and you're like starting to make real money and you're starting to get into your career, like you're starting to pay taxes, you're starting to do this at the other and invest. Like I think talking about that with your partner and talking through it is really important. Um, so yeah, we don't split things evenly now, but we did at the beginning. And I think that's totally, that's like, I think a normal trajectory for a lot of couples. Um, but yeah, finances will definitely change. But my biggest piece of advice for finances would be Split it 50-50 when you guys are first living together and then you guys can have conversations of like, okay, obviously I love you. Obviously I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Like, is this heading in the direction for you? And they're like, yes, I'm definitely wanting to like drop down on me and propose. I want to get engaged. I want to do this at the other. Here's kind of the timeline. And you're like, okay, cool. Like this, you know, so exciting. Oh my God. So where should we go with finances? Like who do you want to be the main person that pays rent and the bills and who wants to be the main person that maybe gets groceries or whatever? I don't know. This, these are just like two examples. There's a lot of different things that you guys can talk about with finances, but yeah, those conversations, it's just, constantly updating. You're, you're going to do it differently at the start than you're going to do it a couple years down the line. Um, but that's all I got. It's too early. Oh my God. It did that make sense. Okay. Was that good advice? I don't know. The next time that I talk about moving in with your partner on my podcast is going to be with my boyfriend, Nash. I think I want to have him on for an episode solely talking about that. Okay. So then you guys can get his perspective as well. And sometimes it's hard you know, it's hard to kind of record stuff alone in, in your echo chamber because you're like, okay, I need to bounce ideas off someone, right? Because I'm sure Nash could have said a lot of stuff, um, you know, good stuff too. So that will definitely, definitely be another episode. Let me know if you guys would want to hear kind of his take, his take on this too, and kind of hear a different conversation with us. But I don't want to keep you guys too long. This was a longer episode, but um, that's all I got. That's all I got for y'all. I'm moving in with your partner overall, all in all, in summary. Uh, it's been the best decision. It's been the best decision. Would not take it back for a single moment. I think all the highs, all the lows have been so worth it. We are so much stronger now as a couple than I ever imagined. I never imagined we would be this connected and this strong. And yeah, it's definitely because we've learned so much about ourselves moving in. We've learned a lot about each other. And this has been a fantastic warm up to what the rest of our lives are going to look like. Now, obviously, when we have kids, when we get pets, whatever shit's going to change. And we'll have to cross that bridge when we get there and kind of tackle that as a team when we get there. But for now, figuring out this whole life thing, trying to navigate 20s, trying to navigate the real world while living together and and going through a lot of different struggles on our own, coming out on the other side and being successful and having a fucking blast, like it's the best. I could not recommend it enough. So hopefully this is maybe the push that you need to sign that motherfucking lease, baby, with your mans. If this is something that you've been wanting to do, I could not, could not suggest it enough. I think it's a really good test to your relationship. Um, I don't, I wouldn't say like going in, moving in with them should be like, okay, well, this is really going to test if we're good enough or not. Like if we're going to survive, like, I don't think that's a good energy to take into it, but we all know that like, that's what they say. It's like, oh, it's a real testament of like, whether you guys are going to survive or not. And I think it is, you know, overall, I think it is. Um, I'm going to start, I'm going to stop yipping. Okay. Um, I love you guys. Thanks for hanging through this episode. Hopefully you learned something. Hopefully you got some good advice or motivation, or maybe 
spark some conversations. Maybe you didn't agree with what I had to say. Totally fine. All opinions are welcome, but I love you guys so much. Thanks for hanging, uh, with me today. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen to this episode, to hang out with me. And if you shared my episode, thank you so much. I so greatly appreciate it. I love you guys. And I will talk to you soon.